I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Who needs a winter break, eh? Welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks, and I'm joined by the Kiko Casilla to my Ika Casillas. It's Justin Peach. I'm going to counter that first statement. I would absolutely have loved a winter break this weekend. So you didn't have to go outside yes. and get blown away. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, it's been a bit blustery outside, hasn't it, Justin? It's been horrendous. I've, I don't know how anyone has coped. Uh, our bins in our garden, all on the grass. We've got about four different bins, every single one. Laying on the ground. Yeah, we've got we've got boxes, recycling boxes. It's like a, from a... the bin version of Saving Private Ryan. Uh, maybe. Just it's just chaos everywhere. Okay. You've got things just flying flowing down the street. It's crazy, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, something needs to be done about it. I'm afraid, and I'm going to blame the EFL like we always do. Yeah. Uh, all refs. All, all refs. We need VAR. Yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> so crack on there, Justin, because it's been. A interesting mm-hmm. weekend, a very interesting weekend. We'll start off with uh, probably the biggest game of the weekend by quite a distance. Uh, it's yeah, Hall Reading. Um, no, it's the six pointer between Forest and Leeds with the tricky trees coming out on top with a two nil win. And what a result! The scenes at the end, yeah. limbs everywhere. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? It was a good game, to be fair. You know, especially Forest being at home. I, I did fancy Leeds to get a result, but Forrest controlled the game from start to finish and justified um, the, the the good performance yeah. that they put in. This is one of those games, I thought, where Forrest's attacking midfielders were really on it. And so often this season, the games they've won and lost have depended on those attacking midfielders turning up. Absolutely. And then when it does happen... They're forced to be reckoned with, aren't they? No, definitely. They, they've got a really good balance now. They've got Joe Lolly, who deservedly was man of the match yesterday. He, he put in such a shift. Um, and then you've got Thiago Silva, who probably doesn't get enough goals and assists as he should, but his work rate off the ball and, and with the ball is, is superb. And then they've got options off the bench now, which is something that they didn't have three Are you going to miss out Sammy Amiobi? It confuses me as a player, but he also was very good as well. It's confusing to look at because he is 95% limbs. I just think whenever he gets the ball, he's not sure what he's going to do with it. And any time he does get the ball, he's like, oh, I could either shoot here. It's just everything's and by fluke. And he's usually fluke. shoot. Yeah, and he, he is usually by fluke, but credit to him, he got a goal. Yeah, um, we'll talk about that goal a bit later on. But is it time, Justin, for us to leave the Forest playoff bandwagon and join... The Forest promotion bandwagon. It's it's an upgrade on the current bandwagon we're mm. on. It's a lot Definitely. shinier. It, yes. it goes smoother. Oh, it's a brilliant ride. I tell you what, if Sam Bissau and Ben Watson start in midfield for Forest every week, then that will happen. Yeah. Well, you do, when that happens, it gives more freedom to the attacking three, doesn't it? No, because no, you've absolutely. got two 
industrious hard workers in yeah. centre mid, and then you've got the attacking three to just do what they want. Yeah, there, there is no way Ben Watson should have played this many games this season at the age he is. But stereotypically, for a 34, 35 year old midfielder, they should be slow and coming to the end of their career. Ben Watson looks like he's a teenager again. Yeah, he's probably been. If you had to make an underrated player's eleven mm-hmm. from this season, Ben Watson would be the first name on the team sheet because yeah. he doesn't get enough credit, even from us, really. We've been guilty of not giving him enough credit. Sorry, I think you have more. I don't remember the last time you gave Ben Watson any credit. Because he's underrated. I haven't that, given him what? any... <laughs> I haven't been harsh to him this season, which... I was on the first day of the season, but he's proved me wrong. And probably proved a lot of Forest fans wrong as Maybe. well because I saw quite a few Forest fans criticising him mm. being in the starting eleven at the start of the season. But since then, he's probably up there with the likes of Calvin Phillips, Ben Pearson in terms of performances, really. Isn't yeah, it? from a from a defensive midfielder, definitely. Yeah, uh, Forest have had some sloppy results this season. Yeah. They've done the double over Brentford, beat Fulham, won and drawn against Fol- uh, against Leeds. Sorry, but it's the other results that have let them down. But they are starting to look like the real deal. One final point on Forest. I think there's a fair argument to say Joe Worrell has been the best defender in the championship this season. You know what? I was gonna I was gonna say Joe Worrell was absolutely immense yesterday and it felt like I've said it before this season, Forrest controlled the game without having the ball and every, almost every lead attack went down the left and Joe Worrell just swept everything up. He's absolutely superb, isn't he? D- it definitely No he... matter who it is who's playing aside him, alongside him, because he's had mm-hmm. different partners throughout this season, he's dealt with it brilliantly. And Forrest have relied a lot on their defence this season. But he's played a starring role in that. And to think he's only 23 as well. Yeah. 23. He, now he's shaved his head, he looks a lot older. Yeah, he looks a bit like Ben yeah. Watson. So it's a bit confusing. That is true. Um, I, I hope this result changes the mindset of some Sky pundits. Because I think it was Andy Hinchcliffe went in two-footed on Forest this week and said they weren't good enough to finish in automatics. This proves that they are. Yeah, yeah. Well, at the moment, it is tight. It is ridiculously tight one of those teams who are really paying the price for how tight it is is Leeds two wins in 11 games now it's, it's, it's poor and, and they didn't deserve anything from this game did they no they were, they were, they were really poor they had nothing clear cut they looked completely out of ideas no, of what I, to do absolutely the, the, the lineups are fairly predictable now aren't they Yeah. I'm not sure Bielsa can squeeze any more out of this side I think it's a big statement, bold statement. I think we've seen the best of this this team and it's all about grinding out results now. Mm. It's hard to see what their trajectory is for the rest yeah. of the season, really, isn't Definitely. it? Because if the way things keep going, they could drop out of the playoffs. I, it's, Current form, yeah. Yeah, it, I, that's if it carries on. Yeah. I don't think it will. I think eventually they will go round this corner. You, you pull that face, which it's is just, a puffy out it's, face. It's such an easy thing to say, though. Oh, they'll turn it around, they'll turn it around. I think I said this um, on the back of the Birmingham result a few weeks back, and they just they haven't improved. But you, you create as many chances as Leeds do. You expect them to eventually start going the right way. You've got Jean-Kevin Augustin to come in. You've got the winger, whose name I've completely forgot, to come in. Paveda, is that? Yeah. Yeah, you've got him to come in. There, there are things on the horizon that could... Uh, turn the corner yeah. for Leeds so I'm, I'm not completely uh, convinced they're out of the automatic promotion picture just yet although it is concerning obviously that things have gone so badly um, go I, was gonna, I, was, I compare it to last season Click isn't scoring as many goals Harrison's no. not prolific Costa isn't prolific well me and Joe Wayman from All Leeds TV yeah. spoke about this on our second tier meets episode in midweek yeah. that uh, Bamford gets a lot of stick and in some ways, rightly so, because he does miss a lot he of chances. Yeah. 
but the goals aren't coming from elsewhere. Yeah. And that's the big concern, isn't it? You compare it to last season, um, was it uh, Click, Bamford, Roof and Hernandez all got all hit double figures. Yeah. And this season there's no roof to with the with the double figure goals, so it's all on Bamford now. So that that is a huge issue, and I think they're paying the price for, one for not replacing Roof, and two for not consistently playing in Ketter in the first half of the season. Well, Jean Kevin Augustin did make his debut. What did you think? He didn't have much time to make no. an impact. No, and he was ridiculously unfit when he played in the under twenty threes on Monday. So he's still got a way to go before I think we'll see him starting. It's just a, if it, I. I I don't think you can recruit a player who isn't ready to come straight into a side when you recruit him in January. Mm. I just I feel as good as he is, you have to do better. I don't want to go over this again, so yeah, we'll, we'll sorry. move on. It, it stresses yeah. me out. Um, one last point on Leeds. I just wanted to ask you, actually, how good is Kiko Garcia? Because is he actually just a championship average goalkeeper who used to play for Real Madrid? I've said this before. He's a third-choice goalkeeper at Real Madrid. He's not... It's not like he's a, a backup or anything. He's just warming. Mm. Oh no, he's just travelling with the side for a bit of banter. I feel like if Bailey Peacock Farrell let in some of the goals he's done recently, especially the yeah. one from Amiobi yeah. on Sunday, uh, Saturday, sorry, he'd be getting absolute pelters. No, definitely. There are key moments in Casillas' C- Leeds career so far that you can point to them absolutely caving in as a result. You go back to the playoff semi final against Derby, um, the Millwall game. That that sparked a real downturn in form for them, and then obviously again being being at your near post is really poor. But he is good at kicking, so I think that's the only real thing he's better than most championship keepers at. His decision making for a thirty-three year old is terrible, <laughs> really terrible. Brentford v Leeds on Tuesday be a good time to turn it around it's a huge game that is massive game for both sides a lot of pressure on Leeds for that game yeah this Sunday afternoon West Brom made it two wins in two with a win over Millwall and a massive win Mm. for the Albion no definitely you're going away to Millwall it's always a hard game and the commentators played up to it at the start of the the, the game that the conditions suited Millwall better but Millwall I think struggled more than than West Brom did to be honest fairly comfortable for West Brom I fell into the trap of thinking this is all set up for Millwall to shithouse it I think it was a little bit too windy and not wet enough for a Millwall shithouse it was incredibly wet in the first minute Jed Wallace was on his arse after trying to stop a ball going out it needs to be torrential rain I think for it to be peak Millwall okay Either way, West Brom are now four points clear at yeah. the top. Starting to turn the corner, it's fair to say. I think performance like today, I, I, I thought they played well without playing really well, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can, I can get what they, you're coming they, from. They weren't crap, they weren't standard, they weren't average. They they did all, they did well, they did what they needed to do in an away game. Yeah. Uh, one as tough as away as it, uh, as it is at Millwall. And as well as that, you know they've got a result, they, Leeds have lost. Other teams behind Leeds picking up points. I think this is a good result. Obviously, it's a very good result for West Brom, but it's one of those that might turn a corner of confidence for them. Yeah, defensively, I thought they were brilliant because I I don't remember Millwall having a chance particularly. Not really. And the amount of crosses Millwall got in the box, some of them were over hit. Mm. Quite a lot of them were. Maybe wind helped that a little bit, but it's always difficult when you're getting bombarded away at the den so yeah played really well yeah absolutely Jack on Twitter says great performance in extremely difficult conditions slowly but surely getting back to our best big games against Reading and Forest this week just final points on West Brom I think the new signings they brought in have really given them a lease of life really because Callum yeah. Robinson looks absolutely superb mm-hmm. doesn't he yeah he does in, uh, we said it last week he could end up being what the signing of the January transfer window he's 
showing that he probably will be because he's a brilliant player at this level. If anything, it spices me he didn't get more of a go in the Premier League. Yeah, I just I think it came down to him having to play up front for Sheffield United. That yeah, that uh, played into that. But uh, as you say, he's, he's a superb sign at this level. Very good wide player and one that is certainly going to give West Brom a, a kick up the backside. Yeah, Millwall struggled in this game a bit. Five points off the top six now. Still very much in the chase, yeah, but yeah. not an ideal result, even though I suppose West Brom is always going to be a tricky game, mm, isn't it? Definitely. Um, yeah, frustrating result for Millwall, especially because I don't think they got they got going at all um, throughout the game. They didn't look a threat going forwards, which is a shame given that you know, I thought they could have maybe gone with two up front to, to trouble Ajayi and Bartley because they have struggled at times this season, but given the attacking uh, threat of, of um, West Brom, you know, you probably don't criticise Raoult too much for going a bit more defensive. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Let's talk about the Bees because they won 3-2 against Borough despite being pulled back twice. Brentford did make it a bit hard for themselves Mm -hmm. but it's a win that sees them well in touch with the promotion chasers. Just two points off the top two Mm -hmm. and I stand by what I said Justin. Despite them having the least points out of the chasing pack in the top five, I'm hedging my bets on Brentford. (laughs) I think... The amount of claims we've made this season, we need, for us to justify them, we need at least four automatic spots, don't we? To go up to the Premier League. Yes, that's fair. Because <laughs> then we will never be wrong. Um, but it, yeah, as you say, it's a huge win for Brentford, you know, staying in touch with the automatics, with Forrest winning, Leeds losing, obviously, and West Brom winning. It's, it's been needed to win, And obviously Fulham, Fulham winning as well. I think to stay in touch with the automatics. Uh, I've said it before, I think Brentford have got the best balanced squad in terms of attack and defence and depth now you know they've bought in in January so they're, they're a sure bet for I think they will finish in the playoffs um, you don't think might, top two? I think it might be a bit of a push I think Fulham are quietly getting on with it Forest look a, a hugely underrated side and I think being how organised they are as they are I think they're a better threat than Brentford at the moment I completely disagree I think the mix of Brentford's form, the underlying data and just their general squad shows for me that they're going up. I think they might even win the league. It's interesting. It, it's it's going to certainly... It's league, tight, isn't it? Ridiculously tight. The league's tight. looking a lot more interesting now than it did two months ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought we were going to end up with a, a top two just running away with yeah, it. Yeah, a boring league. Yeah, but it's definitely not the case. And that's why we bloody love the championship, Justin. Ollie Watkins on the score sheet again, taking him up to 20 goals this season. Now, at this rate, he's going to outscore Neil Morpé, which if you told if we've spoken about this at the start of the season, Mm -hmm. the idea of Watkins playing up front, we thought, oh. How worried were we? Yeah, we didn't think he'd be able to fill Morpé's shoes, but he's doing a better job than him. Maybe. I think definitely. (laughs) Yeah. It is fair to say that on the back of his goals. Um, I think the difference with Watkins is the, the goals that he's scoring are, are completely different to the ones he scored last season. Obviously, he played out wide last season, um, yeah. but the goals he's scoring this season are that of an experienced championship striker. Well, he's, he finds space yeah. so well, doesn't he, in the middle of the box? So easily, effortlessly. It's like, why aren't you being marked? And to some extent, you sort of think, is that bad defending or is Watkins' movement? And ability to find space just that good. It's like Van Nistelrooy esque a bit, really, isn't it? The way he just he he's always in the right place at the right time. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's a poacher. Yeah, definitely. He's turned himself into a poacher this season. Yeah, fantastic stuff from Ollie. Uh, Alex on Twitter says, Scrappy, but came through in the end. Dominated and late goal was well-deserved. Need Janssen back ASAP. Yeah. Something I 100% agree with because two goals against a Middlesbrough side who haven't been free-scoring this season, let's say. They could really do with Janssen back because he is arguably their most important player outside of BMW. I said this the other week, didn't I? I said that that midfield three are so, so important to to Brentford, especially going forward in terms of keeping possession, recycling the ball and progressing the ball to to the front three. But without without Janssen in the back four, you've got Jean-Vier replacing him, whereas Makocho can come in for the midfield. I got mixed up with Janssen. God's sake. (laughs) Yes, Uh, they also need Pontus Janssen back. Yes, thanks. Uh, good showing from Middlesbrough. There, actually, just stop. Uh, good showing from Middlesbrough uh, in this game against yeah. the form team in the division. They're actually without a win from their last five games, but five league games, that is. But they're playing better, and there's a good atmosphere at Teesside at the moment, isn't there? Yeah, you know, when you mentioned, because we mentioned it before the pod, that Borough won in five games, it doesn't feel like they haven't won in five games. I no. Think, I think before... Tricky games. Yeah, yeah, d- d- definitely. Before November, we'd have thought, if the Borough haven't won in five games, we were doom-mongering them. Mm. But but credit to them, they were great viewing against Brentford. The team of recent weeks is a far cry from the team that was in the first third of the season. That team had Woodgate some, saying some batshit crazy statements. Yes. Um, <laughs> but but credit to him as he's, as he's got the team playing. You know They were shot shy, um, but they took the best defence in the league, Brentford, to mm. the limit. Um, and again, another mention for Ashley Fletcher, who is... Probably one of the form strikers. Give him some love. Give him yeah. some love, Justin. Go on. You, you've criticised him this season. Uh-huh, Go on. Yeah, he's, he's, he's one of the form strikers in the league at the moment. He's scoring goals that are instinctive. And, mm. and you know, we, that half volley that he scored the other week and, and the header again uh, yesterday is superb. And I think Woodgate's found found a good balance in this side. Yeah, and speaking of Fletcher, he's got the right build, hasn't he? He has, yeah. He's, he looks like a really good striker. Good number nine. And given confidence, mm. I think he is kind of a confident striker, isn't he? In the way that when... He because he's lacked a lot of confidence over the past few seasons. But he's had some weird moves, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Maybe so, not the best career moves, no. but he he looks like he's found a home now and he's loving it there. Yeah, and a consistent run of games, he's he's looking like a very very good forward. And you forget that they've still got a Sombolonga. Yeah. So who would you rather have in your side at the moment, Ashley, a Sombolonga or Fletcher? Fletcher. Yeah. I think he, I think his all round games probably a bit better than the Sombolongas yeah I'd agree with that definitely uh, speaking of Middlesbrough uh, as I say without a win in the last five league games next three games Wigan Luton Barnsley they look like they were be massive games earlier in the season but I don't think a run of games could be any kinder yeah, yeah Borough will be very happy with that run of games yeah definitely uh, Fulham are now level on points with Leeds after a 1-0 win over Blackburn Alexander Mitrovic with the goal you're shaking your head Justin why? because they've quietly gone away uh, gone about their business uh, we've criticised Fulham a lot this season because we just haven't been impressed with them but it's another win for them. It's four wins in their last five. One loss in the last nine league games now. Exactly. They're, they're seeing games out um, as the last time that they won by more than a single goal, I think, was against Derby in November. <laughs> so defensively, there's a better balance there. Um, and, and there's the mindset there to see to see games out, which is vital when you're you know, gunning for the automatics. Yeah. It wasn't plain sailing for them in this game. But as you say, they did see it out. Blackburn had a few chances, but just couldn't put it in the back of the net. Four clean sheets in the last five since Michael Hector came yeah. into the side. And 
it's it's weird, but he could end up being Fulham's player of the season just because he's been so good since coming in. He's only been yeah. there for half the season. Yeah, and he, he, when you think about it, he, he cost a fraction of the price that Morton did. Yeah. Um, but not only Michael Hector is helping, but I think Kevin McDonald had, um, at the base of the midfield helped Still as well. going. K-Mac. I think he's only 31. Is he? Oh, carry on talking. I'm going to check that. I'm not sure. Um, and, and of course, Marek Rodak. So there's there's a good spine there when you add Kearney and Mitrovic in. That is probably, talent-wise, one of the best spines in the league. Yeah, there's a shout for it. He's only 31. Fair play. Um, but as you say, McDonald didn't really play for Fulham last season. Mm. Hector's come in halfway through the season. Rodak's come in about a third of the way into the season. Like new signings, aren't they? Yeah, and absolutely. they've been under their noses all this time, apart yeah. from Hector. Well, he's, a, he's been in West London, so technically... Yeah, he's been around. He's been around the place. Has he? Yeah. Yeah. He's been everywhere. He's been at Chelsea, so he's... Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but as I say, Michael Hector, fabulous player. Absolutely fabulous. Blackburn, as we say, we're in decent form heading into yeah. this game. Just two losses in 14 games. Had a few chances. Pretty decent showing from them, really, isn't it? Yeah, they might be a bit disappointed with the result. Um, I thought they maybe could have snuck a result. Especially at Ewood Park, they've been they've been unbeaten there. Uh, I can't remember the last time they lost. Um, I thought they'd utilise the pace in the team a little bit, um, as well as use the outlet in Gallagher. But they just didn't really get going uh, get going um, in the game. And Lewis Travis was again superb. I guess yeah. another shout out for him. Absolutely. Preston moved into the top six after they beat Wigan two one. Chris on Twitter says happy with the win. Should have been two nil uh, if not for Shakes defending. But a win's a win at the end of the day. Two. Extremely sexy goals from Alex Neal's side, mm. especially Ben Pearson's pass. Oh, lovely. yeah, that, uh, Daniel Johnson and Ben Pearson were brilliant, weren't they? I tell you, just th- those two in particular are fabulous. I want to talk about Pearson first of mm-hmm. all because I I love Ben Pearson. I really do. <laughs> I'm one of those who watches him, and I guess I rage at watching him. Why? Because he's he is again by definition a shit house. Oh yeah, he's a shit house, but he's a classy shit house. He is the shit house Perlo. Okay, yeah, 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 I like that. Yeah, uh, Jermaine Beckford said Ben Pearson could play for a top six side. What do you think? I think time's running out for that. He's only twenty five. Yeah, he mid twenties, top six side. That's quite a statement. I think he's he, there's ability there. You know, he, he come through the United Man United Academy. There's definitely ability there, but. Mm. At 25, you expect him to make the move soon. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of agree with you. I don't think he'd be a top six player, but I think he'd improve a lot of the other teams in the Premier League. Yeah. I think he'd improve probably 14 teams in the Premier League, really, because yeah, yeah, he, he is a brilliant, brilliant player. He's not as bad with his discipline now, which I think puts off a lot of teams in the past. Yeah, he's nowhere near the top of the yellow card chart, no, is he? He's still on seven yellow cards, which is still not That's ideal. That's probably half of what he would have been on this time last season. So, I'm not sure. I think he finished with 14 last season, off the top of my head. But yeah, he, he's not as bad with discipline, and that's what put teams off before. But what you get with him is a fabulous player, Defensively minded, brilliant, and can play the ball. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a ball winner and a playmaker. Yeah, which is ideal for any Premier League side, I think. Yeah, and he also got taken out by the referee, yeah. which was very, very funny. Ben Pearson by the referee. Yeah, Preston now in the driving seat for the playoffs. Yeah, uh, it's impossible to call. I feel yeah. like we've had quite a, a few drivers. It's yeah. rotating drivers. It's it's unpredictable. To, to, to say the very least, mm. it's, it's impossible to, to, to judge who's going to be 
consistent and then who's going to be inconsistent. Yeah, because Bristol City, tight. yeah, we'll, we'll talk about them in more later, but obviously Bristol City won four games on the trot, lost. Preston, yep. poor form, back on form again. It, it is really difficult to predict. But that sixth place is going to go down to the wire. Yeah. This I, season. I don't think anyone will disagree with that. How many times have you heard this before, Justin? Not a terrible performance by Wigan, but still a loss. 90% of games this season for mm. Wigan. Well, who's saying it? Paul Cook. I'm saying it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't think Wigan were too bad, particularly. Uh, Preston did a job on them, but I think uh, Wigan, maybe on another day, maybe with a decent no, striker, just... would have got something from this game. I think they're so far off other teams in terms of attacking. It's it's painful. What you know, what can be said? They were they were chasing the game um in the last fifteen minutes, obviously, but Cook takes off Kiefer Moore, who was having a very good game at that point. He looked one of the more threatening players. Why not take off one of your centre mids and keep Moore on and then bring Joe Garner on for one of the centre mids? Because the only way they were going to get back into the game was a deep cross. Mm. But even then they weren't stretching the game enough. Keep two big stri- two bigger strikers on. Stretch Preston, and you've got a decent chance of um, causing a bit of chaos in the box because that's the only way they score. That's the only way I see them score. Or set pieces from Shea Dunkley. Yeah, it's just being a nuisance in the box. Yeah, four points from safety now, Wigan. They're quite lucky, really, that Charlton are looking absolutely torrid at the moment yeah. because otherwise they'd be dead and buried, wouldn't they? Definitely. Sorry, I'm just going to check Shea Dunkley's goals. He's five or six. Uh, but finally, what a talent! Joe Gohard is. Yeah, he looks good. He really, looks really, really good. good. He hasn't played as much this season as I'd have liked him to. If, if anything, if Wigan were in the same position as Luton, for example, yeah. I think Cook would be more willing to give Gohard a go and just chuck him on, give I'd, him some I, experience. I'll be honest with you, I'd play him alongside um, Kiefer Moore. He, he's early play looks like doing anything, really. He's had more of an impact in the few games that he has played than Jamal Lowe. I'd, he provided the cross set. Yeah. Uh, the goal came from um, and he again going forward looked the most threatening player I think he forced a save out of Declan Rudd and that mm. was about it from Wigan but at 17-18 years old and you're the most creative player going forward is shocking yeah but still he looks really exciting he does and he we does. shouldn't take that away from him definitely not uh, sticking with the playoff race Derby got their first away win since the opening day after beating Swansea 3-2 only Brentford are higher than Philip Koku's men in the form table mm-hmm. Yeah, big, um, big results after the the, um, the Rooney effect coming mm. old. Um, but you know, looking at this on paper, guaranteed home win for the accumulators. Oh yeah, I bet on Swansea. Yeah, well, <laughs> welcome to football. You're wrong, <laughs> uh, Justin. You are an incredibly pessimistic Derby fan. Yes, but do you give the Rams a small chance of getting in the playoffs? <laughs> you know what. After yesterday, I had a I had a, a small inkling of, oh maybe. Mm. I think I, I read an article in the week. Uh, I think it was um, Ryan Conway said if even if the away form was just, meh, they they'd be they'd be beam of a chance of the playoffs, because the home form we don't know how good the home form is, but if the away form was marginally better, they'd be up there. Oh yeah, well if the the home form if the away form was marginally better, they'd be comfortably in the playoffs maybe even in the same position as Brentford etc but yeah yeah, it's not to be but seven points off top six I think seven points Justin I'd be really happy with a mid-table finish especially after the 
lack of creativity we've had in the side this season. Mid table, you're thirteenth now. Have some have some optimism. Yeah, twelve. <laughs> you don't think a late playoff push could be on the cards? The way you're going at the moment. I'd like to keep my feet grounded. I think you have to be. If you support any football club that has done you over over five or six years. Like Forest fans now are very are very like you know, we'd just be happy with a playoff finish. No, you got you might finish in the automatics. That you, you might t- happen. You talk about glass half empty. You're there's barely anything in that. Yeah, it's a dry glass. <laughs> uh, one point from Swansea's last three games now. Mm-hmm. Bit of a concerning run, although it is quite a short run. But they're still very much in the playoff picture. Just four points off the top six. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freddie Woodman, I thought had a bit of a mare with all three of these goals. Maybe with the first, sorry, the, the last goal, I thought the first one, it was a good save onto the post. Mark Gehe did not react quick enough mm. to that. And then the second one, it took a deflection, he just wrong footed him. The, he didn't the, take that much of a deflection, though. And he's, he's, he's gone down weirdly. He's gone down like on his front instead of going to the side to save it. I, I just, I wouldn't be too harsh. I thought the, all five goals yesterday were gifted to each other. Mm. Waghorn. The opener, obviously, get here too slow. Knight was weak for the for Dander. Yeah, yeah. Um, we get the point. Um, but <laughs> Woodman, it's not the first time he's been at fault for a couple of goals. In the Stoke game, I thought he should have done a bit better with them as well. But I'm not putting all the blame on him. But he has been poor recently, I think, and should be doing a lot better considering he's <clears throat> a player with quite a big reputation, really. It's probably just an experience. I think that game yesterday epitomised the inexperience and that's one decide at the moment. Mm. Again, the goals that were scored, um, you know, they they couldn't see the game out. You know, Swansea might have edged it in terms of balance of play, um, but they still lost three two to yeah. to some really poor goals. On Friday night, Birmingham tonked Bristol City. Scott Hogan getting on the score sheet again. Massive blow though to Bristol City's playoff push because this is the sort of game they should be winning. Really, isn't mm, it? Definitely, definitely. You know, especially when you go one nil up in the the first minute. Yeah, after a mistake. I've got a theory about that, by the way. Go on. I think scoring in the first minute is worse than conceding in the first minute. Scoring too early. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I think it's worse than conceding too early. I'd rather concede too early because I just think you get your backs up yeah. and then you go you go again and you. I think it's easy to overturn a 1-0 deficit with 89 minutes on the clock. Yeah. I, just, I just think it's 0-0 again. Um, I, haven't got the science, I haven't got the science behind it, but I... I agree with you. So losing 1-0 in the first minute is better than winning 1-0 in the first Concede minute. Concede in the first minute. Tactics. That, that'll win Score your games. Score an own goal, that'll first minute. <laughs> Adam on Twitter says, Worrying performance from us despite our new signings. We looks like a group of individuals with no clear pan. Uh, Jeju, Eliasson and Wells all failed to get involved. Deserved win for Birmingham. Home form is a real concern for Bristol City. They're one of the few teams in the Championship who have got more points away from home than at home this season. I don't think their style of play suits home games. They're, okay. they're very much a counter-attacking side, aren't they? That's what it. That's what they're, they're built. That's what Lee Johnson's built them to be this season. Like yesterday, uh, sorry, Friday night, the game on Friday night, they've got Naki Wells, Jeju, and Vyman, but they still only played Jeju up front on his own. Vyman was out on the left, but he scored nine goals this season, um, playing in a two up front alongside another striker. Hmm. Don't stick him out wide because his all-round game isn't good enough. And then you've got a striker who has arguably has been the most dangerous striker in the league this season in terms of uh, goals per chances. 
conversion rate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's obviously not playing. He not he, he didn't play him. Um, didn't start him. Sorry. So yeah, I just it, home game especially. You've got to you've got to put the onus on on the opposition. Yeah, uh, really impressive for three points though for Birmingham. Uh, Scott Hogan looked good again mm-hmm. up front with uh, Lukas Jukovic and I love Lukas Jukovic. I think just want to make sure it's out there. The third goal, oh, love that battering ram, he, he, taking out two defenders. No one's stepping in the way of him from scoring yeah. that goal. Uh, but when it comes to old school number nines, he is absolutely class, isn't he? I think he, in the league, he's probably one of the most dangerous target men. I'd say he's a bit underrated, really. And it's def- it's quite rare for a striker to be underrated, but he does such a good job, especially when yeah. it comes to having two up front. Mm-hmm. He's the perfect man you want when you've got a player like Scott Hogan yeah. to basically knock the ball down to. Sure, he won't get you know 20 goals a season, but when it comes to smashing defenders around and winning headers, I don't think there's a striker better than him in the championship. I think it's him and Noyhu who... As an opposition fan, I am absolutely terrified of my defenders playing against. Neuhu's not as he's not as good at scoring goals as Jukovic. Yeah. But Jukovic, as I say, his all round game is probably again, as you said, I think he's underrated. Mm. He's he's so influential for that Birmingham team, and I think I'd build the team around him. And I think obviously Hogan being in there is is a step that way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Near the bottom of the table, Stoke beat Charlton 3-1. James McLean, Tom Ince and Nick Powell with the goals. About eight years ago, people would have looked at that midfield and thought, that's a brilliant Premier League midfield. Mm. McLean, Ince, Powell, having a bit of that. Yeah, there, there was potential there at one point, wasn't there? Yeah. And now they're near the bottom of the championship. Yep. Uh, Stoke move above Charlton with this win, though. Uh, they're now one of the form teams in the league. Which is a bit surprising, really, isn't it? Gone a bit under the radar. Yeah, you take out that 4 0 defeat to Derby, um, which I really I think that was an off day. Yeah, um, they were not at the races at all, but they've they've turned that they've turned that game around, and you know they're, they're scoring goals. They're defensively better balanced. They're beating teams around them, which they struggled with. Yeah, yeah you've got to say, considering the state they were in. Michael O'Neill was actually doing a marvellous job to turn things around, didn't he? Yeah, I, I could I, I, at that point when O'Neill came in, I could I could definitely see Wolves uh, Stoke doing what Wolves did. Sorry, that was my point. Yeah, you know, Wolves came crashing down, got relegated, back to back relegations. Um, I could see Stoke going that way, um, especially with the size of the squad, the lack of balance, the ro- the over rotation of players. Um, it was a worrying time, but O'Neill has pulled it around. I think going on the form at the back half of this season, they can be a team that certainly plays like they have now and compete with the playoffs next season. Yeah, poor performance though from uh, Lee Bowyer's side. Tom says on Twitter, we were very poor and Stoke fully deserved their win. I'm just hoping there's three teams worse than us. And it is very much the state of things at the bottom of the championship really, isn't it? They're, yeah. Charlton are hovering above the relegation zone and they're lucky that those bottom three are really, really pond, aren't they? Because otherwise yeah. Charlton will be right amongst it. Yeah, I think of that bottom three, I know Wigan are four points ahead of Barnsley. I think Barnsley are the team to climb out of the bottom three. Mm-hmm. I don't have any faith in Wigan's attack. Barnsley, obviously, they're, they're, they're good going forward. Eight um, points, though, separating Barnsley and Charlton, so it's going to take one hell of an effort to turn it over. What? You say this about the playoffs all the time. 
spot. Teams overturning a large points deficit going to the board the playoffs. Why not Barnsley for Charlton? But can you really see Barnsley picking up eight points over the course of the season and Charlton well, they'll pick up points as well over the course of the season. So But they've barely picked up points since October. They will pick up the odd points here and there though. And I think another run of form like Barnsley had over the Christmas period, I, I can see it happening. I'm not sure I can see it happening because it'll be Barnsley in- have struggled as well recently. I know they have. It, it'll be interesting. It, this is what I mean. You know, you've got to, you've got to add a bit of debate in there. Right? <laughs> I, I I just can't see. It. I think that bottom three isn't necessarily sewn up because Charlton are giving the make, are keeping it interesting. They're for making us. it hard for themselves. Yeah, they're definitely making it hard for themselves. Uh, just above Stoke and Charlton are Huddersfield, who won two 0 against QPR. Really impressive performance from the Terriers, sure. even without Carlin Grant as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Uh, Huddersfield Town family on Twitter says delighted with a 2-0 win over QPR however we'd like to thank the players and supporters for impeccably participating in the minute silence and the 25th minute of applause for Jordan Sinnott Mm -hmm. so well done to everyone involved there but it seems like Huddersfield are really taking to Danny Cowley and slowly but surely he's having an effect on the club isn't he? Yeah, this is a settled lineup now. Um, they were definitely good value for the win. Obviously, they kept QPR quiet, and he's starting to get the best out of players. Mm. Um, Kachunga's form has, has improved considerably, and I think he had his best game for about two years um, yesterday. Yeah, Mounier as well. Yeah, oh, I'll get onto Pecunia in a minute. Mounier again, another shout out for Mounier. He's he's, he's definitely on form. He's, I'm telling you, he's, he's a good striker. Yeah, he's I'm not. De- I'm not debating that. You debated. You you debated this the other week. I, I claim that he was, he's got good good history, good um, track record of scoring goals. And you're like, no. I, I don't think he's got a good track record of scoring goals, but I think he's a good striker. You don't you don't necessarily need to score goals to be a good striker, Justin. I think it helps. Emil Heskey had a career of it. Yeah, OK. Anyway. Uh, and again, on to Bakuna. He's, he's got so much ability, but I think the only frustrating thing about him is just doing it consistently. Mm. And he can play anywhere in midfield. Yeah, he, he had a period earlier player. in the season where he looked absolutely unbelievable. Mm. Uh, but then he went off the ball again. Yeah. But now that the team are playing well, it looks like he's got a new lease of life. I think he's that kind of player that when the team plays well, he plays well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, six points above the relegation net zone now for Huddersfield. So starting to create a bit of breathing space yes, from certainly. the relegation trio. Uh, the inside R says on Twitter, QPR are shit again. Basically, all there is to say about it. Fair enough. Uh, QPR now only three points ahead of Huddersfield, which is <laughs> unbelievable considering yeah. how they both start the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, three teams below them are still in a better state, though, than Rangers. This is the point I want to make. They could end up finishing 20th because you've got Stoke, Huddersfield, Middlesbrough, all below QPR could definitely rise above them considering the way things are going because yeah. they look really poor at the moment, don't they? Um, I, it might be a weekly... We might have to do a weekly segment on analysing QPR's games because... They're so it. We can technically all, do. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We do it for every team. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what, what what I'm trying to get at is the same thing happens. The same. You can almost guarantee the same thing is going to happen every week. They're going to struggle for goals now. Yep. And defensively, they're going to be horrendous. Mm. They gifted goals away again. Liam Kelly gifted the first one away, um, and Lee Wallace. Um, got the penalty away, which was a stupid lunch for an experienced defender. Yeah, him and Grant Hall are liabilities. Are, are liabilities for me oh well, level. you could name any champ, any QPR defender and say they're a liability. That's a fair point. Um, but yeah, they are really, really sliding at an, an alarming rate. Mm-hmm. I've got to ask the question: Do you think Mark Warburton's under a bit of pressure? I, I hope not, because. 
But do you think he should be? Potentially, yeah. Be, you know, defensively they've got to be better. But I don't think they recruited good enough in the summer, which we pointed out and we got absolutely slated for, and it's starting to show now. Mm. Um, they're relying on Eze a hell of a lot. Oh yeah, well I and, think that's just a given, really, isn't yeah. it? And it, and it's going to be a shame not to see him flourish in a, in a good attacking side this in the last third of the season. Yeah, but going back to the original question, is he under pressure? Or should he be under pressure? I don't think he should be under pressure because... Why? They're playing terribly. No, they are, but you saw what he got out of the QPR side at the start of the season. Yeah, that's when you had somebody finishing off the chances. Now they stop with Jordan Hugel up front, who, as I previously stated, isn't a goal scorer. Well, exactly. That's not his fault that they couldn't find a replacement for Wells. What, Hugel's? <laughs> or Warburton's? Well, they couldn't... It's not... No, what Warburton. Right, OK. But either way, you you said it a couple of weeks ago that the fact that they haven't addressed the defence is it's poor management. It, it is, but if your defence is crap, you just got to keep attacking and, then and hope you get through the season. And it's not working now, is it? Because the point of scoring more goals than your opponent is scoring more goals than your opponent, and that tactic isn't working because they're not scoring goals. Well, that's what happens when you get your, well. You don't get rid of your top scorer. You don't replace mm. your top scorer. So last time, try and get an answer. Should Mark Warburton be under pressure? I've already given you an answer. What was your answer? No. Even though they're on this run of form. Yeah, I I don't think it's down to Warburton. I think the the recruitment's been mediocre at best. If they finish, if they finish in the bottom six after the start they had, yeah. who? Is that not Warburton's fault? Well, as I say, like it's not his fault that he couldn't replace Wells. I think if but they still, did, they've I, still got good attacking players there. They, what he's a bright Samuel and Hugel and Chair. I think he's not quite ready to be a consistent Championship attacker. He's a good player, but you're not going to get consistency out of him. Do you think a good manager or another manager would get? more out of this QPR team no I think Warburton's the best they can hope for at the moment fair enough Cardiff sneaked into the playoff picture after they beat Luton 1-0 level on points now with Swansea which is surprising Mm -hmm. to say the least only four points off the top six Um, can you see Cardiff challenging for the top six or because we haven't been as optimistic about them but they're up there they've lost one in ten but they've only won three in that time so Draw, draw FC, draw FC. Yeah, I think Lee Tomlin and draw FC. <laughs> well, that that's it, isn't it? No Lee Tomlin, they don't score. Mm. So you you sort Lee Tomlin out, then I don't think Cardiff get a, res- get a result that they want. Is it's, that it's, uh, is that the reason why you don't think they'll finish in the playoffs? They're over reliant on a player that they didn't want. Simple as that. Mm. Um, and he's, he's such a talent, and it's a shame that he wasn't in at the start of the season under Warnock. Yeah. Um, because again, he's, he's carried Cardiff since Harris has come in, so that's that. Ultimately, I think he's going to let them down. I think you're absolutely right. He has carried Cardiff in many ways, really, yeah. hasn't he? Where do you think he ranks in terms of player of the season? Because at Cardiff, in ter- in the whole league, Blimey. because if if it wasn't for him, Cardiff would be nowhere, would they? Well, yeah, I don't, but I don't think he'd get near a Championship player of the season. I don't think he'll win it. But I don't think he'll get near it. But where would you rank him in terms of? The players of this season, would you say he's in the top 20 best players this season? Potentially. Because he's been absolutely sensational, hasn't he? No, he, he has been amazing. 
um, again, Cardiff's main player. Um, Only player, really, going forwards. Well, yeah, absolutely. The, the rest have been absolutely poor. Um, but to say he's in the top 10, top 15, top 20 championship players this season, I think is quite a statement. But would you say it's a fair one? Because he has been fantastic. It's worth an argument. Yeah. But there's a debate for it. Yes. Luton, their fans are once again calling for Graham Jones to be sacked. Yeah. They've now accepted League One is coming, yeah. as That's fair. is yeah, definitely fair. They're not turning this around at this point. But Graham Jones sack. I still think they should, I still think he should be given the opportunity to build a side. It'd be a bit of a weird time to sack him, really, wouldn't it? Because well, yeah. if you sack him now, the the damage has been done. And you'd just be bringing on questions of why didn't you just do this sooner? Well, I think Barnsley did this um, two seasons ago. They brought in the Portuguese manager and then they got rid of him in the summer and they brought in Stendhal. Mm. So what did they do? Did they keep Jones and build a, let him build a side, like I've said? Or did they sack him now and have a manager for next season? Yeah, it is a weird time. Well, you can't... I suppose the argument would be that you sack him and bring in somebody to prepare for next season. It is, it's a weird one, isn't it? I, I can't see Luton just sacking for the sake of it, though. No, that's well. That's why I think they should let him build a side. I suppose he's had the chance to build a side, though. But at the same time, they haven't spent the money, have they? Exactly. Uh, the Yorkshire Derby, Barnsley on Wednesday, shared the points in a 1-0 draw. What on earth is Cameron Dawson doing? He's, he's had a couple of rocky games recently hasn't he yeah definitely which is weird because he was one of the probably best goalkeepers in the first half of the season but recently he's been pretty terrible yeah he was he was linked to everybody and since he signed his contract yeah gone down weird how that happens yeah. isn't it uh, it's crazy to think Wednesday might not finish in the top half this season given how good they were yeah um, and how uh, effective they were! They, they, the amount of chances they were creating in games was ridiculous. But even even my favourite, Kadeem Harris, is, his form's dropped. Mm. Um, but I think the Sheffield Wednesday's attack has completely dropped off massively. Well, I think they've lost the focal point with Stephen Fletcher, exactly. haven't they? Yeah. Not creating chances now, leaking goals, and creating stupid mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's coming back to bite them. Mm-hmm. And let's go to the final game of the weekend. It was Reading and Hull who. <sighs> They shared a one-all draw. Yeah, it's it's frustrating because <laughs> I don't want to keep getting to Reading games and not have anything to say about them because at the moment they are just in a position of they're just not exciting at all. Well, and six games without a win now. Exactly. Um, you've stolen my stat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, six games without a win. I think with a side like Reading's, we expect a little bit more. Um, they certainly have... I mean, Derby have overtaken them, which you wouldn't have foreseen that um, when Reading beat them 3-0 just before Christmas. Mm. And I think that ultimately says it all for Reading at the moment. Yeah, One Reading fan reacted to this game by saying the playoffs are over now. Were they ever? That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) Were they ever on? (laughs) Ambitious. Let's go to the other news from the week, Justin. I'm glad we're not doing transfers for once. That was stressing me out. Well, next season we've got a longer transfer window, so good luck with that. Yay. Uh, Bristol City's Naki Wells, been named Championship Player of the Month. (laughs) Bristol City's Naki Wells. Yeah, he got his Player of the Month, accepts his Player of the Month award at Bristol City while playing, well, he played pretty much for QPR. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Forest boss Sabli Lamushi has been named Championship Manager of the Month, unbeaten during January. Fair? No, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree with that. I think he was the only one 
that deserved it throughout January. I thought the other nominations were a bit sketchy, but he also absolutely rubbished the uh, manager month curse as well. Yeah, yeah. Leeds United's director of football, Victor Orta, has been handed a one-match stadium ban by the FA after an incident in the tunnel during their game against Millwall. He reportedly confronted referee Darren England at half-time in Leeds' 3-2 win over Millwall at Ellen Road last month. The club's head of media and communications, James Mooney, has also been given a one-match ban for a separate incident. Now, I know Leeds have been shortchanged a fair bit and we've given referees a, a fair bit of stick as well, but there's this air of arrogance with officials at Leeds um, you, you get it just from social media editors at clubs at the moment it is by the head of media and communications yeah it is pretty poor uh, Millwall have released pictures of what their new stadium could look like the new new den the new new den uh, it was news to me because I didn't realise they were looking to build a new stadium they've only been at the new den since 1993 which isn't that long really no it's it's a pretty strange one. And at the risk of annoying a lot of Millwall fans, they struggle to fill this stadium at the moment. Yeah, and they, there's also a, the big legal fight as well um, with, the, I, I with presume, the council. I don't know why they're building a new stadium. I presume that might be it. That might be it, yeah. But I can't imagine it's going to be much different in terms of size to the new den. Yeah, I mean, if any Millwall fan can shed a bit of light on that, on the, the club sort of... Focus. Yeah. That'll be interesting to, to, to find out a bit more on that. Derby are signing Groningen defender Mike Tewerick. Tewerick? Tewerick. Tewerick. Um, I know absolutely nothing about him, but he is 27. So a bit of an odd one that he would still be playing in the Eredivisie at this age, if he was any good. <sighs> a bit harsh, that. Just, just a fair point. I mean, Groningen, not exactly... Playing in the Champions League anytime soon. Being, you know, wanting to get my research done, did do a bit on him. Okay. Only going to have the third best defence in the Eredivisie. And he's in the top 10 performing defenders statistically, so might be a bit of a coup. Could be. I mean, it sounds like Philip Koku has had a massive say in bringing him in. Because so, he's Dutch. Because he's Dutch. That's the only evidence I have of that. Uh, championship clubs are set to follow the Premier League's lead and push the summer transfer window deadline back to the 1st of September. Making our lives an absolute misery for an extra three or four weeks. Yes, but I'm not surprised this is happening because it didn't really make much sense in the first place when all the other leagues in the in the world are still yeah. uh, going on till September. I, I think mean, the I idea think... was that they were going to do it and then they were hoping other leagues would follow suit. Yeah, and as well as that, you could still, which was weird because I think Stoke absolutely utilised this benefit, you could still loan players with a view to buying them in January Yeah, after the transfer work deadline. Yeah, so it wasn't really a transfer deadline. No. It was like a soft deadline. Yeah, before the hard deadline. Yes. Uh, the introduction of safe standing at Premier League and Championship grounds may have moved a step closer. An interim report has suggested bringing in barriers has a positive impact on spectators' safety. The Sports Grounds Safety Authority assessed the barriers in seated areas, but it also says it's observed very little conflict as a result of fans standing. I think, I, I think especially going to away games... Seating is more dangerous. Oh, yeah. One million percent. I remember when I was at Wembley uh, a few seasons ago, and when you stand right at the top, mm -hmm. it's incredibly steep, as anyone who's been to Wembley will know. Mm -hmm. um, so when you stand up there, it's risky. And when a goal goes in, 
like it did in this game that I was at, uh, the people behind me fell on top of me. And mm-hmm. it was not a pleasant experience, especially when my leg started bending around the chair. Well, um, I think the Leeds fan last season who broke his ankle epitomises why safe standing should be a thing. Well, yeah. And I don't see any reason why safe standing hasn't been introduced yet already. Not at the risk of grounds. getting very political about it. Um, I think a government doesn't want to bring it in at the risk of um, being the government that brought in safe standing and it went wrong. But I can't see any reason why it would go wrong, to be quite honest. No, uh, grounds are built for safety now. Yeah. So I, I think, especially in modern grounds, it should certainly be a factor. Yeah, and I, th- I don't think there's too many fans who don't want to see safe standing. Works in Germany, so... I think it's only a matter of time before we see it as well. Uh, and finally, Greater Anglia have apologised after passengers stood in a train toilet cubicle for an hour because of overcrowding. The 547 from Cambridge to Ipswich was extremely busy because the previous service had been cancelled. You like trains, don't you? No. I... I... <laughs> <laughs> I think they're overpriced. They're overpriced and overcrowded. very overcrowded. Let's do some polls, Justin. At the start of the show, we asked you three questions. The first one, is the top six out of reach now for Sheffield Wednesday? I think it. I think with Fletcher being injured, yes. He's back soon, though. And they're brought on Conor Wickham. Meh. If I can play devil's advocate. I think the damage might be done. Mm. Perform, like Gary Monk. There's still a decent amount of the season left. No, yeah, there is, but you know, I think Gary Monk's made a lot of murmurings over the last um, two or three weeks of the players just aren't performing. They're not, they're not asked. That's what it sounds like. It's not like Gary Monk to <laughs> throw his players under the bus. Sixty-seven uh, percent said yes. There you go. So a third, two thirds rather. Uh, who will finish as top scorer this season? Alexander Mitrovic and Ollie Watkins, both on 20 goals. Who are you going for? I think it'll be Watkins. 62% said Mitrovic. I just think the amount of chances Brentford create. Yeah, I know what you mean. At the end of the day, Mitrovic is a Premier League striker. Oh yeah. No. Isn't he? And to be fair, the way things are going, you've got to say Ollie Watkins is, to be honest. No, I, 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 you expect Watkins' goals to dry up, but mm. he you just you would appear on the score sheet every week. Like Mitrovic had a couple of injuries as well, so yeah. that's not going to help. And finally, has anything in your garden been blown over today? I tell you what, actually, I'm not going to look out now, um, but a few pallets have, so the dog can't go outside. Oh, poor Casper! Yeah, it's poor Casper. There's holes in the hedge. Fifty-three um, percent said no, but forty-seven percent said yes. We had a picture from uh, who's this, Greg? who tweeted a picture, I think it's a plant pot that's been blown over, which is sad. Rest in peace to that plant. Yeah, you'd be devastated if it's you know, you're growing tomatoes or something and they blow over, because then... Oh. That's just I mean, if you're doing it in winter, it's a bit of a weird time to grow tomatoes anyway, so you probably deserve it. Uh, Craig Bryson, pub quiz time, Justin. Let's get into it. Justin has a mystery footballer for me who has made at least 200 championship appearances and will have played relatively recently... He's a championship legend, and Justin is going to give me six clues. Yes. So hit me, baby, with the first clue. I originally had a good player, but you cheated. Uh, no, you, fl- you flashed it up on the screen when I was looking at the screen. Therefore, I don't see how it's my fault. Anyway, but carry on. Anyway, going straight into it. My, uh, I made 313 appearances, scoring 75 goals. 313? Mm-hmm. That is a lot. Yeah. been around. It was around for a while. 
13, okay. And how many goals? 75. Sounds like a midfielder. I'm going to go Paul Gallagher. No. Good shout, man. Thank you. I've played for five clubs in the Championship, making my last appearance for Charlton Athletic in 2013-2014. Oh, God, that was quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2013-2014, who would have played in the Charlton side? Was this in the Championship? Yeah. Danny Green. No. Um, but thinking back to that Charlton side, they had everybody on loan and free transfers, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, anyway, the 2008-2009 season was my best season. I scored 14. Okay. Played in every position. That comes with a caveat because I couldn't find any evidence of him playing in goal. Oh. Uh, and That's disappointing. And I won the uh, PFA Fans Player of the Year. Fans Player of the Year? Mm. Is that... Good or is that like a thanks for being a nice guy award? Oh, I think it's I think it's good. Okay, there was some good uh, good past winners on that. Fourteen goals, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, was it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Next clue, please. I'm best known for my spell at Sheffield Wednesday, spending five and a half seasons there. Five and a half seasons at Sheffield Wednesday, midfielder. Mm-hmm. Is he midfielder? Are you going to tell me that? I'm not going to tell you that. No, fair enough. I'm not going to tell you that. It might be nice. No. Um, five and a half seasons at Chef Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, Lee Wallace? What? Who's that? Lee Wallace. Who's not, Lee Wallace? Not the QPR defender. No. Oh, it's because you mentioned him earlier. I meant the other Wallace. Oh, you're right. Ross that. Wallace. Nope. <laughs> I played for Forest and Derby, playing in the playoffs for both of these sides and being an important player for the Forest is. side. Go on then. I think. Actually, I'm not sure. I know Go on then. Oh, I'm, I'm, how many clues have I got left after this? You've got one. What, one more clue after yeah, this? Yeah, See, I've just realised it's not the person I thought it was. Go on then. Uh, no, I'm not going to say, because that's not who I thought it was. Um, Derby and Forest. Yep. Played in the playoffs for both of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like I should know this. <sighs> oh, I need time to think about it, but I you, got you've got to come. I know. Come with, a, come I with know. an answer. I knew I've got to come up with an answer, but I can't think of anybody. Not that many players who play for Derby and Forest. Not recently. Actually, a fair few. Go on, last one. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be kicking myself after this. My last professional club was Coventry. I retired from professional football, but I am still currently playing in Derbyshire. <laughs> I was going to say somebody then, but I'll tell you who I was going to say afterwards. Okay. Um, still playing in Derbyshire. If you just tell me, I won't count it as an answer. I was going to say um, Clinton Morrison, because I know he's, right, play, yeah, he he's played, played for Mickelover at the moment, didn't he? Um... Played for Derby and Forest in the playoffs. Yeah, he played in both of their campaigns, playoff campaigns, and playoff season. You're going to kick yourself. If I like, know. If I tell you it. The clues I've given you haven't they haven't been obvious in terms of because I think you'd get it if I was more obvious. Played for Chef Wednesday as well. Yeah, he had a really good spell at Chef Wednesday, and he moved on to Forest. Did he play a lot? For Derby, a fair bit. Did he play a lot for Forest. 
of habit. What? Come on. Oh, I know it is. Thank God for that. I've just figured out. Is it Marcus Tudgate? It is. Thank God. That took me so long. <laughs> the legend that is Marcus Tudgate. I, I completely forgot he existed. I kept trying to think of uh, that Derby team that actually got promoted from the playoffs as opposed to before. Yes, exactly. you, you got me, you yep. sneaky little sneaky, bugger. Sneaky. He was really good for Forrest, I thought. He was really good for everyone, really. If yeah. anything, he's done a job pretty much everywhere. Yeah. And he was yeah, certainly he had a few. He could have gone to the Premier League with Burnley, but mm. Sheffield Wednesday rejected a couple of transfer bids for him. Completely forgot he played for Charlton though. He was. He, it was a loan spell that was. Yeah, he had come out a few spells no. around that point, didn't he? he was Barnsley, pretty much everywhere. Barnsley and Charlton, and now um, he's playing for South Normanton in um, near Mansfield. Well, there we go. Well done to Marcus, and thank you, Justin, for your help in this episode. It's been an absolute pleasure. Three things just before we go. Three things. We got a big big project coming up, which we're really excited about. We'll hopefully tell you more before the end of the month. Keep an eye out on our socials for more details about that. We're going to be at a random championship game in a couple of weeks' that time. Is, that isn't a derby game. <laughs> that isn't a derby game. Yes, because that doesn't count. Um, but we'll hopefully uh, let you know a bit more about that just before we go. We're hoping to do a live stream. Is that what they're called? Uh, it'll be it'll be a completely pointless live stream. It'll just be as... Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll just... Chat shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like we do every week. Yeah. Except live. Yeah. So you can be excited about that. There'll be uh, something to keep an eye out for on our socials. And also there's going to be no midweek episode this week, even though there were plenty of midweek games. Why is that, Ryan? It's because it's both our birthdays. It is. And we're going to be getting drunk instead. I'm Ryan Dilks. I'm just a peach. Thank you for listening. 